Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Campbell, and it's my pleasure today to be speaking with my guest, Debbie Prasad Rambatla, or Debbie, as he prefers to be called. Debbie is with a company called WePro, a global technology consultancy where he leads strategy and business growth for their retail, transportation, and services unit. Debbie's focus has been to help WePro grow their range of services to offer not just cost-saving initiatives, but also solutions to help the customer tap into new revenue streams and to improve customer experience. Debbie holds a bachelor's degree in computer science and systems engineering. And as if that wasn't enough, he also holds a graduate degree from the Wharton School of Business. So his insights should make for a fascinating discussion today. Thank you for joining the show today, Debbie. Welcome. Thank you, Diane. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for the kind introduction. I appreciate that. I just want to dive right in because I have so many questions to ask. Your experience seems to have given you a very unique vantage point. You see both technology and customer experience. Can you tell us what you're seeing as some of the key challenges that retailers are facing today? How has the industry changed in the past few years? That's a great question, Diane. One of the things we are witnessing right now is the economic uncertainty. There are more news you read, you read about banks collapsing closer to home, Silicon Valley Bank, which funds venture capitalists, which funds startups. It's failed about a few days ago. Now that I read about one more bank, talking about the overall economic uncertainty, irrespective of which retailer it is, be it the top-end apparel and fashion retailers, be it the convenience stores, be it specialty retailers, all of them are dealing with economic uncertainty. So things around pricing, promotions are very key for customers to understand, to get ahead of this economic uncertainty. With inflation coming under control, so to speak, with what the Fed has been doing, these are interesting times ahead. And the advent of technology to understand more about the demographic of the customers and what might appeal to them in this penny-pinching market. I think it will be times ahead or will be exciting times, to say the least. The other one that is oftentimes ignored in terms of challenges in the retail industry is the topic of uh, labor shortages. Many retailers are struggling to find and retain workforce, especially in the stores. And now it's competition from higher paying industries and concerns about health and safety during COVID added action better the situation. So again, for that, technology can have a big role to play in terms of being able to cross-skill and upskill retail workers and associates so that it gives them a better experience. The other one that I want to talk about in terms of challenges is the changing consumer behavior, especially with uh, Gen Z and millennials coming in. The younger generations are a lot more likely to shop online and uh, prioritize key aspects of sustainability when making decisions to buy or not buy. And 
what we have seen is more and more customers are being less and less loyal to brands. The instant gratification is more important to them than a brand appeal. So whether it's uh, economic uncertainty or labor shortages or this changing customer slash consumer behavior, in each of these challenges I just talked about, I think technology has a big role to play. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. So what can retailers do to reimagine the shopper's journey? How can they create meaningful experiences to boost loyalty and customer sat? It's a great question. You know, one of the things I talked about in the previous one was about the more and more customers are being less and less loyal. So what can they do to drive loyalty up? I think it, first of all, starts with retailers trying to understand the customers better, right? Who are you appealing to? Who is the customer? And some of the retailers have got this under control. They've done a great job at it. What we really mean by that is, if you look at it, retailers are interacting with customers through multiple channels, various channels, omni-channels, like they do that through the stores, they do that through online, they do that through social commerce. Are the retailers able to unify these data streams and gather one unified view of the customer from a standpoint of behaviors, from a standpoint of brand perceptions, from a standpoint of preferences? How do they approach these things? So I think understanding the customer 360 degrees will help. And that will also enable retailers to create uh, what you call as effective, meaningful experiences across the life cycle, right from they go into a store or buy online, pick up in store. So across the life cycle of the customer engagement, every interaction point can be reimagined and is being reimagined by many of the retailers. And also, I think stores has been a side of business. People predicted that stores as an entity will go away. But look at how many stores, many retailers are opening up. Over the weekend, I was reading Ross opening up 100 more stores. TJ Maxx adds so many stores. You have, and grocers are adding so many more retail stores. Costco is opening up more warehouses. So it's important to empower the front-end employees in uh, stores to provide higher customer service and motivate them, motivate the store associates with customer intelligence to drive meaningful experiences. Even a buy online pickup in store, that interaction point can be reimagined to offer superior customer experience, sometimes driving cross-sell and upsell opportunities in those sort of interactions as well. I know I went a little bit all over the place, Deanne, for that, but the topic of uh, reimagination, it's in multiple facets and each of that can be a big project in itself for the retailers. It is, and I love your point about stores because I do know that more stores are being opened than closed this year and last year as well. So. All the drama about cold store closures seems to dominate the media, but it's not telling the full story. One of the things that you and WeProbe talk about a lot is intelligent stores. I love that term. Can you tell us a little bit about what an intelligent store is and how does it help a retailer offer better convenience and engagement to their customers? Yeah, intelligent stores really entail building multi-dimensional stores stores that can drive engagement better, stores that can understand the customer 360 better, stores that can drive branding better and offer transactions and provide fulfillment. So it's an end-to-end chain that we look at as far as the intelligence stores are concerned. To enable retailers drive a better convenience and engagement, 
we are investing heavily in automation and intelligent stores. Customers offer us opportunities to provide points of view on store of the future. Many times customers interact with us saying that, talk to us about what you see as the store of the future five to 10 years from now. And we do consulting engagements where we reimagine the store experience of a store layout. What would an intelligent store look like? So we provide consulting on that. We also offer experience design, meaning we have acquired a company called as Design It, design thinking company, and we leverage design it capabilities to be able to offer experience design to our customers, people who are interested in that. Part of the thing about having intelligent stores is to offer differentiated experience to customers and using the benefits of computer vision, AI, or other advanced technologies to be able to offer this differentiated service. So towards that, we also have as part of the intelligent store some of our platform and IP that we have built to differentiate ourselves in the retail market space. I'll give you one example for digital media administration. We have partnered with Cisco for Vision Edge solution. Uh, similarly, we have something for to manage the shelves inside a store more efficiently and to comply with the corporate standards. We also have a product called iShelf Insight. So basically, we have leveraging partnerships with technology companies such as Microsoft, offering our own IP, we're able to offer a more superior experience within an intelligent store. So we offer services from advisory to design, all the way to production platforms in consumption partners and implementation. That's our end-to-end service offering as far as intelligent uh, source is concerned. We believe for stores to thrive as a business of retailers, customers will have no choice but to adopt intelligent stores as a strategic area of choice for them in the coming years. And we're getting up our offering by partnership, by partnering with several technology companies. So digging into that intelligent stores idea a little bit, does that also improve the employee experience? And how is the employee experience tied to customer satisfaction? One of the things I often like to talk about is Customers are oftentimes, retailers have oftentimes built systems keeping the end customer in mind. But you brought up a great point about what about the employees working for retailers? Because they are the important link in offering customer experience. Lately, we have seen a lot of emphasis on how do we model systems and processes keeping the customer associates slash retail associates slash employee in mind. So the examples that we talked about in the context of the intelligence store, many of those things, as an example, the day in the life of a retail associate, when they go to a store, they would like to be able to open up their iPad or a tablet or a phone to be able to see what is in the day in the life of their schedule. Oftentimes, it used to be that they had one type of a task, either to run at the point of sale at the check stand or to be able to adjust arrange the shelves. But now the same associate is expected to do buy online pickup in store. They need to do returns. They have to do multiple runs within the store. So the profile of the retail associate is changing as well. So the digitalization as a approach to help retail associate is very important. And so I think this unidimensional approach of designing systems, keeping the customer in mind has to become multidimensional, keeping not just the customer, but also the retail associate slash employee in mind. 
That's fantastic. Taking that a step further, how can retailers strike a balance between investing in their digital channels versus their in-store experience to really plus up this intelligent store idea that you've told us about? That's a great question. The it's interesting thing is I don't look at this as striking a balance between A or B or between digital and in-store. It's convergence. How do they do that in a synergistic manner? And that brings us to the topic of what should be retailers' approach towards omnichannel? What does the omnichannel approach look like? Retailers can adopt an omnichannel approach which integrates online or offline channels. This approach always helps customers to have a seamless shopping experience across all channels. For example, a consumer like you and I can research about product I want to buy online and then visit the store to make the purchase or vice versa, right? So integrating between both those channels is important. Personalization is one more key area. Retailers can personalize the shopping experience for customers by leveraging the power of data that we talked a little bit earlier about the 360 aspect of it and technology. This can be done by offering personalized recommendations, promotions that we talked a little bit earlier in the light of these economic challenges, and frankly, rewards based on customers' purchase history or browsing history and loyalty. One of the things that is happening quite heavily in this marketplace is the, I don't know if you have ever seen some of this cashback services. Many of the cashback services, PayPal is investing in that, major places like Rakuten are investing in that. They know quite a bit about the browsing history of who you are, what you're purchasing. Based on that, they're able to give you cashback services on behalf of the retailers. So retailers are paying this digital assistance, so to speak, 2%, 5%, 10% cashback because they know more about the consumer, some cases, than the retailers do because the browser history, the cookies, all that they enable them to do that. So personalization is one more aspect. The one more way to differentiate is in the area of customer service. The retailers can really, really differentiate themselves by providing exceptional customer service across multiple channels, not choosing one over the other. This can include, again, offering personalized assistance, micro-engagement via text messages have become very common these days, and creating a welcoming atmosphere and in some cases, being able to ensure a smooth checkout process as a continuum, right? I went to Walmart recently with a W plus Walmart plus membership. Fascinating in-store experience. And the way they've integrated online commerce with what's available in the store. As a consumer, I'm saying I've had a superior experience by being able to scan and go, scan the products and just go because they know about me. They have my payment interaction. And when I'm pushing the card, I can scan products, put them in the card. So scanning is done on the go, and then I can leave the store. So I think large big box retailers also can implement some of these digital breakthroughs to offer superior experience. And I love what you're describing because it creates a flexible environment, which is so critical today as digital channels come and go. I mean, TikTok is here today, may not be here tomorrow if it's regulated away. So what you're describing is helping retailers be able to flex to accommodate those, those quick changes. Um, Absolutely. Going behind the scenes a little bit, talking, yeah. because of course, no retailer is any better than 
the quality of their supply chain. And that is probably the biggest limiter for any kind of retail success today. What are some of the supply chain challenges that you see retailers facing today and how can they combat them? I have a little personal anecdote to share on this topic of supply chain. It's that many of us adjusting to the post-COVID world, we have adjusted our travel habits so much. We're not traveling as much as we used to before. And when we are at home, we do a lot many more home improvement projects, get new furniture, get new DIY projects at home, et cetera. So home improvement is become a big area of focus for people like us. And whenever you want something, I'm talking about six or nine months ago, you have to wait for a few months before the product is delivered to you because it is an inventory management issue. It is a customs issue. It is a supply chain issue. So I, in some cases, I would wait for the product six to nine months. Many customers do not do that. They will go buy what's available out there. So the topic of supply chain is the key one that retailers need to understand. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Many retailers embraced significant amount of technology differentiation to be able to alleviate this problem. Retailers obviously are facing significant disruptions, continue to do so in the supply chain space due to the war going on right now, the political instability. The We just barely recovering out of the global pandemic like COVID-19. It is still continuing to complicate the supply chain situations. In addition to all of this, if you Rewind about six months ago, in addition to having supply chain issues, retailers also had to deal with increasing transportation costs, increasing labor shortages to be take items from dockyards to distribution centers to stores. So the whole aspect of bringing product to the shelf in a retail store or to a distribution center is a very complicated process and something that's become more complicated because of this supply chain disruptions. I think from a standpoint of Inventory management, inventory management, retailers need to ensure they have easier said than done, but they have the right amount of inventory in the right place at the right time. However, this can be challenging due to fluctuations in uh, demand, in lead time, and in, because of supply chain disruptions. I think to combat these challenges, there are several strategies that can be employed. Adopting technology like I just talked about, retailers are already embracing that. But for those who are not, I highly encourage viewing the supply chain disruption from a technology lens. For example, retailers can leverage technology such as AI to optimize their supply chains and inventory management situations. These powered by AI and data can help predict uh, demand. It can help manage inventory levels better and improve supply chain transparency. So I think AI and data can be a big uh, element to be used here. Second one is the element of building resilience. Retailers need to build resilience into their supply chain by frankly diversifying both geographically as well as supplier base-wise and having backup plans in case of disruptions and investing in contingency plans. When they have backup plans, to be able to integrate that backup plan into their supply chain aspect, technology can again help. Flex up and flex down based on the need and leveraging cloud technology for faster acceleration of looking at these backup options to be able to enable quick digitization is possible to be done that for customers during COVID and post-COVID. So whether it's adopting 
technology such as AI, big data for improving visibility or being able to forecast or in the case of building resilience, I believe technology has a big role to play to solve this issue of supply chain that you just brought up to I wasn't sure I was going to ask because everyone is talking about AI in terms of chat GPT and predictive verbiage. But since you brought it up, I'm going to ask you now. I just wondered what is your take on the impact that chat GPT and other AI driven technologies are having on the retail shopping experience? What do you see in the short and medium term? And what are some examples of that and that you see? We have been using AI in retail for some time now, but I will be honest with you about the generative AI, which is the chat GPT's offer. It's newer concept. And we as system integrators and people like me at the intersection of technology and the industry, we are right now still exploring what are the exact areas where we can use generative AI in the context of retail and transportation as well. So examples of where we've used AI, the non-generative portion of it as such was in customer service, was in conversational commerce. We have done several examples of that to improve uh, from the click all the way to be able to complete, right? To be able to predict, we have done that. The I do believe that the advanced AI techniques such as ChatGPT, they have tremendous potential across entire value chain, from marketing to commerce to customer service, all the way up to value chain of planning and buying, there is tremendous value potential. Our work on that is still ongoing to identify what could be the exact blueprint of a, how can you extend the capability of chat GPT-like tools for retailers to use. That is something I personally am continuing to explore and play around with it. It's a new toy, let's face it. It's a new toy, so trying to play around to see what other possibilities there. When it comes to shopping and customer experience, these intelligent chatbots can uh, bring the humanized flavor, more a human-like interaction and can enable the next level of customer experience. How a customer can be engaged through conversations, either in the context of product discovery, to making purchasing decisions, to being engaged while an order is being fulfilled. So to give a human-like experience, I truly believe that these intelligent chatbots can have a role to play. One key aspect about this generative API and such models is that retailers will need to ensure accuracy of these engines by training these generative API tools with data for specific use cases and integrating them across complex retail landscape of systems, right? So open AI-driven chatbots will need to be trained how to drive customer engagement from a customer journey standpoint. So it's not like you have this new technology, it can learn on its own. No, you have to train them. And how well you train them is how well it is able to build, generate, and engage the customer. So, and in order to ensure safety, retailers will also need to look at integrating privacy and consent management, especially when it comes to tools like ChatGPT. How do they still ensure the boundary conditions what the chat GPT will work in or this open AI the slash bots, these generative API systems will work in. Some guardrails have to be put in by retailers. This reminds me of 
when cloud became extremely famous, technology users in retail industry, as well as non-technology users, started using cloud with a plethora of systems being built under the table, what we call a shadow IT at that point in time. It led to a governance issue. Now, we may have something similar having impact on the end users from a chat GPT standpoint if we don't build enough guardrails from a generative AI standpoint. So safety, guardrails, privacy, concept management is an important aspect to look at as well. Oh, that's fantastic. You brought up clouds, and I know that's something you've talked about in the past that I thought you put extremely well, is this massive gap in ROI between what you call cloud leaders and cloud beginners. And I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. It's a great question, first of all. The true cloud leaders have built their processes, systems around leveraging cloud, right? The ones who are still adopting have a hybrid strategy and it's okay to have a hybrid strategy. You got to do what works for your respective enterprises. Retailers and technologists within retailers have taken oftentimes cloud as a mechanism to solve their immediate problems. I'll give you a couple such examples. During pandemic, there are two types of instances customers came to us. One, they said, we already have curbside pickup as a functionality that we are offering to our customers. We want you to scale that 10x fold because more customers are preferring to do a curbside pickup than coming to a store. Scenario number two, customers came to us and said, we don't have curbside pickup functionality. We want you to build that in an accelerated way. Quite frankly, COVID has accelerated that innovation in that case. In both the cases, from a scale and velocity standpoint, we felt that cloud was the fastest mechanism to be able to do that, to be able to flex up and flex down the needs of the customer. It helped us convince the customers to go towards cloud in a faster manner. It just fit the platform. The second one is, what differentiates with respect to cloud is when they adopt and embrace an industry-specific cloud. One of the things that we have done with Microsoft recently is to sign a partnership with them in collaboration with their retail cloud to deploy about six industry-specific solutions in the context of retail, ranging from experience to store to supply chain to data. On all these areas, we've deployed solutions. That gives our customers the necessary advantage and differentiation to engage with their customers. So not only from a standpoint of being able to scale operations, you can flex up and flex down leverage in cloud, but also you can bring in differentiation through solutions that I talked about in the context of collaboration with one the hyperscalers in this case. And it's not just limited to one hyperscaler. You could choose a hyperscaler of your choice and bring the necessary IP and deploy on that and differentiate yourself. So that's what I would say when separate out the experts versus the rest of them as far as cloud is concerned, the yeah. <laughs> Well, and speaking of experts, I know that a lot of your work probably includes interaction with chief information officers, the CIO of a company. And in your interactions, how do you see the role of the CIO evolving? And what do you think their, their biggest challenges are for this year? In my anecdotal conversations with many CIOs, I meet several CIOs in a month. One of the CIOs, I remember telling me recently that our keep the lights on job, where systems have to be up, that part of the job has to be, quote unquote, boring, meaning there should not be any incidents or events. Occurrence of a P1 is not a good idea. So it has to be boring. It has to be uneventful uh, from that standpoint. You know, I took a pass saying that 
What's he talking about? How can the job of a CEO be boring? But if you look at it, making it event-free, making it uneventful is an important thing. And that means that the underlying architecture has to be rock solid. CIOs oftentimes get into the panic mode as well as in the news media when there is a data breach, when there is stolen passwords or there's a compromise. So that brings me to the point of uh, cybersecurity. I think several priorities for CIOs, but one that's top of the list as far as I'm concerned is uh, cybersecurity. As retail companies continue to collect more data and data is going to get further multiplied, cyber security will remain a top concern. And to be able to get ahead of threat, threat perceptions, the bad actors, what do they do to get ahead of that, right? Proactiveness is a smart idea in the case of cybersecurity. And with the advent of systems that companies like Litro we have built in collaboration with some of the startup ecosystem, we're able to get ahead of the problem, right? Also, we have acquired, Litro acquired some companies in the recent past. One in the context of cybersecurity is Agile, which gives consulting capabilities as well as truly next generation capabilities from a cybersecurity standpoint. So I think CIOs need to get further ahead as far as cyber security is concerned. Data analytics is one more area. We just talked about that in the previous topics as well. When you're building customer 360, they need to generate large amounts of data and CIOs must uh, use this data. The way I look at it is when you have preponderance of structured and unstructured data that you're building, you're collecting, that gets generated. The job of CIOs and their team is to see how can they help business derive insights, business insights out of the multitudes of data. And from those insights, how do I deliver actions, intelligent actions? Some people like to refer to that as the NBA, the next action that they can take in their business to solve a real business need. So I think everybody is building significant capability in data and data systems, but people who will be able to differentiate themselves will be the ones who are able to get this continuum, right? Data leading to insights, leading to actions, to be able to solve problems of experience, to be able to solve aspects of storage associates, to be able to solve supply chain. I think these are the important aspects to keep in mind as far as data analytics is concerned. We already talked quite a bit about the chat GPT. I'm sure generative AI as such will continue to play a big role in the minds of the CIO, as does digital transformation. We already talked about one of the topics, which is the supply chain optimization. I think customers are partnering very, very closely with their business counterparts to solve this issue. Pandemic has highlighted the importance of supply chain resilience and uh, flexibility. So CIOs will need to leverage technology to optimize their supply chain from inventory management to logistics and delivery. And utilization of data in that can be overemphasized. It sounds like the CIO role is evolving into a hub in most companies, which is fascinating. I hate to wrap this up, but we're out of time. So I'm gonna ask a final question. What does the future look like for WePro and you personally? What are you excited about that's coming down the pipeline or evolving in the industry? I don't know how much you know about Wipro's retail practice, but this is a two plus decades old business for us, backed by some rock solid foundation of 
domain knowledge, capability, differentiated solutions, ranging from store, omni-channel, supply chain, and data. Those are the four fundamental building blocks of our business. And we're very proud of the two decades experience that we have across different types of retailers. In the more recent past, to continue to innovate our differentiated offering in the marketplace, I would like to highlight three different areas. One is, like I said, the partnership that we have with Microsoft for the industry cloud, where we're deploying about six solutions in those four areas that I talked about. That's a compelling offer that recently we demonstrated that in the NRF. Tremendous response from the marketplace. I couldn't be more excited to talk to customers more about it and talk to our partners as well. Second one is in the aspect of acquisitions. Very specific to retailers, we have uh, acquired two companies. One is in the context of cybersecurity, the one that I talked about, Agile, that brings us significant retail capability to be able to get ahead of the bad stuff that the bad actors do. So Agile helps us give us the cybersecurity edge. We also acquired one more company called as Rising, which gives us SAP capable specific to retailers. Again, whether it's from a horizontal human resources standpoint or from vertical processes as far as retailers are concerned. The third area is we partner with the startup ecosystem to solve complex retail challenges. You know, take an example of supply chain. We are partnering with O9 and Loginext to be able to solve dynamic route optimization and things of that nature to delivering omni-channel customer experiences we're partnering with startup ecosystem for returns and give them a seamless unified returns experience we're partnering with the startup ecosystem. So you asked me about what is the future, what makes it look exciting and what excites us in the marketplace. So those are the three things I would say. The industry partnership we have announced with Microsoft, the acquisitions that we have announced and the collaboration that we have with the startup ecosystem on leveraging the entropy there makes it exciting and can't wait for some of these offerings to be taken to the marketplace. Well, that does sound fascinating. And that sounds like you're going to have a really great year. Well, thank you so much for being on the Rethink Retail podcast. And I have enjoyed this conversation very, very much. So thanks. And it was a pleasure. Thank you, Diane. Thanks for having me here. Looking forward to working with you for future sessions as well. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.